Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks to our generous supporters, the ASHP Foundation can continue to offer grants such as the New Practitioner Pharmacy Leadership Development Grant funded through the Merriam F. Ivy Leadership Fund. By investing in future leaders, we can help ensure a strong pharmacy workforce for the future, advancing pharmacy practice and improving health outcomes for our patients. The ASHP Foundation is 100% donor supported and every donation, no matter the size, makes an impact. Thank you for joining us for the Wellness Wednesday podcast. These podcasts is a forum where you can listen in as members share successful strategies on wellness and resiliency in both their personal and professional lives. My name is Jennifer Tyra, and I am the Membership Program Coordinator at ASHP, and I will be your host today for the ASHP's Wellness Wednesday podcast. With me today are Angela Chu and Tyler Rose, both from Roseman University of Health Sciences, College of Pharmacy. Thank you for joining us today, Angela and Tyler. Let's start talking about your New Practitioners Leadership Grant Project. What inspired you to choose the student pharmacist stress, mindfulness, and burnout as your subject of research? Yeah, this is a great question. When I was a resident, I first learned about the concept of burnout during my residency. I remember reading an article in AJHP about the prevalence of burnout among um, hospital pharmacists. And I think it really struck me because at that time, I felt like I was experiencing a lot of burnout symptoms. Then I you know, investigated a little bit more about it and dug up a lot more research. And most of the research is actually in other health professions, not pharmacy. There's not a lot there. I decided to make that the highlight of one of my residency projects and actually delivered a presentation about stress and burnout to our Missouri Society of Health System Pharmacists annual meeting. From then, I guess I've just always made it a mission to make sure that my students and residents don't hit burnout. I know it's very stressful going through pharmacy school, going through residency, and I'm very empathetic to that. Um, And so I think that's why I'm so passionate about this area. Uh, Thanks for having us on the podcast. For me, my my primary interest uh, wasn't in stress and burnout prior to to starting this project. But I I did feel really fortunate to have Angela invite me um, onto the project because it turns out that it dovetailed with a lot of the research I had previously been involved in. In fact, when she had approached me, I was just finishing the submission of a manuscript on a web-based drug prevention program that I had created with another colleague of mine. And in that, we evaluated how the program worked with sixth grade students. That was our target audience. And we found it had a positive influence on their knowledge of the dangers of of prescription and over-the-counter drug abuse, which we kind of expected. But I was also kind of surprised that it improved their perceptions of the usefulness of certain types of drug refusal strategies. And so when Angela suggested that we could use this web-based app to affect stress and mindfulness and burnout in pharmacy students, because of my prior experience, it didn't seem like that big of a leap. And, and so the fact also that it was a daily intervention, you know, that we were doing over weeks and, and the previous one I had done was a one-time intervention seems like it could only, you know, enhance its potential to be effective even more. So I I thought it was a a cool project to be involved in, and then it ended up relating to work I'd done before. 
What lessons did you learn as you were conducting your research? Oh man, I learned so many lessons and I'm continuing to learn lessons through this research project. So as far as the topic area of stress and mindfulness and burnout, I think I was pretty familiar with that already through my residency. But I think the operational things of going through a formal research process, going to write a formal grant application and how to be the primary investigator of a study was was all brand new to me. So things like how to collect clean data, how to recruit people into your study, how to write a strong grant application. All of these things were new. And that's definitely why I encourage new practitioners to do a new practitioner type of grant, because I don't think you get taught these skills in pharmacy school. Um, And I felt like if I had to do this by myself, I definitely would be trial and error like 50 times more than than what I actually um, went through. Um, So I think that's those are just some operational lessons I learned through this research project. Yeah, I thought this was a perfect question because as we were doing the the project, Angela was constantly pointing out to the group these lessons learned learned moments to us. Uh, Usually it was when something had gone wrong with the research. Uh, (laughs) So there were a lot of them that we could have, we could choose from um, to answer this. I think one that stood out to me personally was the value that can come from collaborating with researchers at different sites, different institutions. Um, We were not, we didn't originally intend to include participants from multiple colleges of pharmacy. But I think at some point um, during the research, we realized we weren't going to get an adequate number just working with students from our own institution. And so it was uh, my own experiences working with colleagues from other institutions has been fairly limited when it comes to research. So it was really cool for me to be able to reach out to faculty who have similar interests at other institutions and find that there were people who were ready and willing to contribute to this project we had started. What are the future implications or further implementation for your research? Yeah, so when we started this research project, ironically, the go live date happened to be the very first day when COVID shut down the world. And obviously, none of us were able to predict that. It just happened to coincide at the exact same time. Luckily for us, our research project is app-based anyways, and so we were already going to the virtual environment. And I think this is really helpful because as I see the future of the workplace, of school, higher education, those kinds of things going to a more virtual platform, I think having research knowing that students have a resource that isn't your traditional on-campus wellness centers or, or you know, these on-campus things that I think students were used to having, something that's impactful that they can use on the go. If they're having a stressful moment and they can just log onto the app, do a meditation for 10 minutes and know that that's going to really affect their stress and burnout long time, um, long-term, is super useful. Um, For me, some future implications are where I would like to go based on this research is how to grow this program into a more sustainable uh, program in the future for all pharmacy students, residents, pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, that anyone could really tap into resources like this in the virtual platforms and to use it just like any time they need it. I totally agree with Angela. I think that our first uh, priority is to try to share our results, which, by the way, we're positive. 
Um, we had some really good results that showed that the app could help with um, stress and burnout and improving, and improving mindfulness in students that we studied. Um, and so being able to share that with students, with the academy through uh, manuscript submission at a conference, I think those are our first priorities. I think that there are future research questions we could ask as well, just about uh, what the scope of efficacy is of the app, like what characteristics best predict positive results. I think we could see how the app's efficacy compares to other methods for reducing stress and burnout. You know, we could we could see, you know, how uh, it compares to, you know, other things people might turn to for, for dealing with stress and see where it fits in the overall approach uh, people might take to, to preventing burnout. Angela, to what extent did you work with your mentor, Tyler, on this project? Oh, I can feel Tyler laughing at me on this question. So how I first got connected with Tyler was when I started my position as a faculty member, I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest. <laughs> and I think I formed a natural uh, mentorship with Tyler because he's just such a strong educator to learn, you know, how do I make my teaching better? Um, how do I really get to students and use active learning? So we had already formed this relationship in our own jobs. And I think when a new practitioner grant comes up, you have to identify a senior mentor. And I would say, I highly encourage that just for any grant, regardless if it's a stipulation or not. Um, and I think when I went to go seek Tyler out, I had no idea if he was interested in stress or burnout. I had, I didn't know anything, but I was like, you know what? Like, I need mentorship. That's the objective of this grant and why I need a senior mentor. They don't have to be a leader in the field. Tyler is well experienced in his field and doing research. So he is familiar with the general process, even if the topic area is outside of what he normally does. Um, so I contacted Tyler mainly by stalking his office. Um, <laughs> and I asked, you know, like, Hey, would you, would you want to mentor me? And he was like, okay, like, what do you need exactly? You know, I'm like, it's probably just like two meetings a year or something. Like, I, I, I think I got it. Like I'm pretty organized. What Tyler didn't know and what I didn't know was this mentorship ended up being almost like a weekly <laughs> pop into your office. Help me. I don't need, I don't know how to do this. And what's a bio sketch and what's this. And anytime there were problems through the project, it was a quick email, a quick IM asking, you know, how do I do this? How do I do this? And so I would say Tyler was very impactful to me and my growth as a new practitioner and as a new researcher and definitely essential to the success of this project um, in terms of organization and implementation. Yeah, I think Angela sometimes felt like she was being a bother when she would contact me to discuss some aspect of the project because she would tell me that she felt like she was a bother. <laughs> but actually, I, I didn't feel that way at all. It's really refreshing whenever you get to work with a motivated and competent person like Angela, someone who's committed to getting things done in a timely manner and making sure things get done correctly. And so um, she really made it a joy to uh, work on this project. Yeah. And I think that reminds me also, Tyler helped me control my own stress and anxiety going through this project. I, now that you say that, I remember when I first submitted the grant application and just having to wait. And I think I ran into Tyler's office, like panicking. And I was like, I'm not going to get it. Like it was, I don't know what we're doing. And even if I do get it, I still don't know what I'm doing. And we just played, uh, so Tyler has like a basketball hoop in his office, uh, like little mini basketballs. And we just shot hoops for like 
15 minutes just to calm myself down. Um, That's right. So, yeah. <laughs> so just even little things like that, that informal mentorship, I think was super impactful to me. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> um, how did the award from the ASHB Foundation help in completing your project? Definitely there would be no project without the support from the ASHP Foundation, both through the mentorship process that this kind of fosters, um, being a new practitioner grant, and also obviously the financial support. We purchased app subscriptions for a whole entire year, so that actually extends beyond the time period of our study to help students, and we wouldn't have been able to do that without the support of the ASHP Foundation as well. Right. I think obviously the grant money is fantastic because it helped pay for the intervention and the incentives that we use. Um, beyond that, I, I think there was a nice level of legitimacy um, that's conferred to, to a project when you get granted an award by an organization like ASHP. And that goes a long way to help getting participants on board, potential collaborators to sign on. And I think that helped with the success of the project, too. Do you have advice for those submitting for this grant? I think the number one lesson I learned from this grant was identifying a senior mentor. And I'm not just saying that because Tyler is on this podcast too, (laughs) Um, but someone who has experience going through the grant process is pretty up to date on doing research in general, because as Tyler said, eventually we're leaning towards publishing, presenting on a national scale someone who's current in those areas and someone who's approachable to work on the project. I think as a new practitioner, I had a lot of imposter syndrome of, you know, like I've been given this huge responsibility and they think I can do it, but I I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, And I think if I didn't have a mentor in Tyler already, naturally, I would have been very intimidated to ask what I thought were stupid questions or or panicking, you know, and going to his office, I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that. So I think identifying that mentor who can give you sound advice as far as, you know, the formality of how do you go through a research process? What do you need to write in your grant application to make it strong? What are reviewers grading for? How do you actually conduct the research in an ethical and safe way and organized way? Um, And someone who can just support you through all of the emotions (laughs) that a research project comes to, because luckily for us, our research panned out and was very successful. And we saw significant results in reducing stress and burnout in students. But if our research hadn't panned out, I think it would have been very disheartening And if you don't have someone who supports you, your senior mentor, your collaborators who support you through that process and pick you up and say, okay, well, what's the next step? What else are you trying to learn about this area? Um, I think it would have been very difficult to go through this grant. Yeah. um, As far as advice for submitting for the grant goes, I don't know that I have any tips or tricks. Um, We just did our best and we were happy to have it funded. Um, It did occur to me, though, thinking about this question that that those who have the potential to serve as a mentor could uh, definitely uh, use this grant as an opportunity to reach out to, to new colleagues that they have. That's obviously not what happened in this case, but I think that would be something that could work both ways um, and that you could use this grant as an opportunity to serve in a mentorship capacity and to help the career of, of new capable colleagues who would want to learn more about research and, it can be a great professional growth opportunity for everybody. 
How has this grant impacted your career or what is the impact that you would like it to have? So this area of research, stress, burnout, is very important to me because, like I said earlier, I feel like I went through a lot of this during my residency period. And I know being a residency preceptor myself, I've seen different cultures of, which I think is changing, of kind of saying, well, you're a resident. This is the way it's supposed to be. Um, and I, I don't like that. And I want to be a part of the solution. Um, and so hopefully through this grant, the long-term impact I hope that our research has on my career personally is for me to be known as an expert and an advocate for well-being and work-life integration. I think already through this process, networking with other universities, as Tyler mentioned, other, other partners, um, I've gotten to kind of put my name out there and being like, you know, I'm really passionate about this subject. I, I want to learn more. Let's link up and do future research together, even if we can't work together on this project at this moment or something like that. And I think already I'm seeing the impact in the short year that I've been on this grant having been asked to be a speaker for various uh, national presentations, being on this podcast, you know, speaking the gospel um, everywhere I go, um, and even kind of leading some wellness stress reduction strategies, even at my practice site. And so I think this grant fueled that kind of growth in my career, and I'm excited to see where it goes long-term. I think the impact for me was that this grant was the first opportunity for me to uh, try my hand at being a senior investigator or research mentor. I think these terms were kind of foreign to me and kind of intimidating, um, but I was happy to find that I was able to be able to contribute from my experiences to the research. And so I think one ac- outcome of this experience for me is going to be just an increased willingness on my part to reach out and try to assist newer faculty who are interested in doing research in an area that I'm familiar with. And I understand you wanted to thank some other members of your research team. Yes, absolutely. So this definitely is a collaborative effort, equal responsibility between everyone. Um, So we actually had two other collaborators at our institution on this project. So I do want to acknowledge Dr. Danielle Gundrum and Dr. Tressa McMorris, who are other co-faculty at Roseman, who have been essential um, going through this research. I'd also like to acknowledge the two universities that help partner with us to increase our sample size and reach more pharmacy students. Um, So that would be the University of Maryland Eastern Shores and South University. So that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank Angela and Tyler for joining us to discuss their research on grit, burnout, and depression. If you haven't had the chance, I encourage you to visit wellbeing.ashp.org, where you can learn more about our partnership with the National Academy of Medicine, resources to promote wellness, and strategies to manage burnout. Please be sure to join us here each month for more wellness and resilience. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.